Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Memphis Hardwood. As predicted, your Memphis Grizzlies notched a victory against the Detroit Pistons last Wednesday, December 6th. It didn't look great out of the gate, but over time, they ended up notching a a convincing win over a fledgling Detroit Pistons team that has now lost a record 20 straight games. So Marvin, we did not have to eat our hats this week. Let me get you in the mix Uh, before we jump into anything. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I feel like uh, the Grizzlies are. are it, it, it's not all good, and, but we're closer to John Morant, and 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 they did take a lot of that pep talk to heart. They're giving more effort. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, big piece of news when the Grizzlies were playing at home, um, and they were just absolutely um, lit into by Marcus Smart. Uh, Marv, was that that was against the the Timberwolves? I, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was uh, Sunday, November 26th, and Marcus Smart just absolutely laid into the Grizzlies. Tore fo- yeah, yeah. They followed that up with a win against the Jazz at home, their first and only home victory so far. Right. Um, then they had a a great win at Dallas over a shorthanded Mavericks team. Lost a pretty close one at, against the Suns. Won against the Pistons as we predicted. But Marv, they are back on a two game skid against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They dropped a game at home, and then they dropped another game at home against the Mavericks. And Luka Doncic appeared to be having a really good time. Um, I do yeah. think I do think there are some silver linings from this little stretch of games. Obviously, we got to talk about what's going on in the courtroom with John Morant. Um, I've been following that pretty closely, as I'm sure you have as mm-hmm. well. Ja will be making his um, return, we all assume, on this Tuesday against the New Orleans Pelicans. So six days from now, and that will be in New Orleans. You assume Ja will be there because the Grizzlies need every game they can. I think there's mm-hmm. some silver linings that we mm-hmm. can talk about. I want to talk a little bit about Ja in court. I want to talk a little bit about how this team is playing. Um, but let's start, let's just start with, you know, even amidst this malaise, there's been some good stuff. And yeah. Chris Harrington had a long piece out yesterday about Desmond Bain. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Desmond Bain has just been posting some numbers that, uh, that honestly, we've not ever seen except for another player by the name of John Morant in Grizzlies history. Yeah. Um, Desmond Bain continues to cook. And the thing that's crazy, and I think this is really the point of Harrington's story, is that Bain is essentially continuing to shoot the ball about as well as he has throughout his career, which has been really good. A slight downtick in uh, three-point percentage, still around, I think, 39%. But he's had way more pressure, often driving not only into double teams, but triple teams. Mm-hmm. And yet Des has continued to be this efficient player. Um and in fact, he's not just an efficient player. And I mean, of course, Harrington dives into the numbers on this. Dez is playing at a level, and he puts a list of players in here, Marv. He is playing at a level that is similar to, you may have heard of these players, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Kevin Durant, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, and another guy named... LeBron James. Some good company. Not bad, right? Not bad for your um, year 24 uh, or year 25. I'll have to double check Dez's um, age season. He continues to be a bright spot, Marv, 
in a in a season that otherwise has not really been mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh I'm encouraged by the play itself for the points and the stats on the stat sheet, but uh additionally for uh what it says about his adaptability, his yeah. what it says about his determination, uh and just what it says about his grit and determination yeah. right like that all that that's just going to make him all the better when he has better setups yeah you know when he doesn't have as much pressure on him when he doesn't yeah. have to one of the things that that harrington article surfaced was the whole idea of like uh what's your what secret or whatever he asked him he's like cardio right. yeah yeah <laughs> cardio yeah. yeah and it's like aerobic capacity is something that doesn't get talked about very often but it's like right. It's incredibly important to just have the 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 stamina yeah. and the wind yeah. to yeah. go that extra hard because yeah. he's having to play harder and longer. Yeah, and he well, seems he, unfazed, and if, if anything, he, he seems defiant. I, I completely agree with that word. I think defiant is the right word because Desmond Bain is running his ass off. Yeah. I mean, he does not stop running when he's on the court. He often has the ball in his hand. In fact, I pulled up his usage rate. Marv, his usage rate right now is 30%. That means 30% of all the Grizzlies' possessions um, end up with Desmond Bain having the ball in his hands, passing the ball, shooting mm-hmm. the ball, um, taking an active role right with the ball. That's good for 96th percentile. So it's up at the same range as those players that we just talked yeah. about. Yeah. And that takes a lot of freaking energy. So. Yeah, of course, his cardio is going to have to be in peak condition because Desmond Bain doesn't stop. And I agree with you. He does not seem phased. You know, I kind of I I I watch him closely because honestly, he's the best thing about watching the Grizzlies right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm always trying to see like, well, is he you know, when's he going to cry? Does he look fatigued? Like, when is he going to just start struggling? And he just he's just not. I mean, he just continues to be that locomotive going to the rim. And one thing I wanted to surface that they talked mm-hmm. about on the broadcast mm-hmm. a little bit, I think Pete Pranica and Brevin Knight were were talking to Dez. I think maybe Brevin talked to him about this before the game. But last year in the playoffs, remember, Dez kept trying to get to the rim against the Lakers. And Anthony Davis, defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis, right, who really returned to that form during that playoff series and the ultimately the Lakers run to the Western Conference Finals blocked Desmond Bain routinely at the cup Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Des could just simply not even get a shot to go to the backboard to the rim. And I think coming out of last year, what uh, Pete and Brevin have been reporting is that Des went into the off season this summer and he said, that will not happen to me again. And if there's anything about Desmond's game, well, there's two things. One is Marv, he's getting to the rim and he's getting the ball onto the backboard or onto the rim with ease against huge defenders Mm -hmm. and using his off arm to shield a bigger defender, extending his arm way out to the side and often using the high glass at these ridiculous angles with this, this Mm -hmm. wild English to get the ball to drop into the hoop. And he's just doing it consistently. So we know with Dez's size, particularly his upper body and his strength, obviously he's strong as an ox. He's able to get to the rim. The problem has been he hasn't been able to finish, but but Marv, he's damn well fixed that this season. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember what the percentage was. I'll have to pull it up, but he's shooting something like 65% at the rim this season, Marv. Wow. Yeah. Is uh I'm trying to remember how he fared against Anthony Davis this season. Yeah. Well, that's um, a great that's a great question. Um, um yeah. 
but you're he's, right. You know, he's he's yeah. added. He's continued to do put in the work. That's the thing. Right. Uh, and 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 to improve his game. Yeah. Um, Here's the other piece, though. I want to make sure yeah. we don't, you know. Oh, here it is. Bain's career best, 67% finishing at the rim. I was pretty close. Um, yeah. And that's, um, and, and here's what, here's what, uh, here's what Harrington says. That's perhaps been most impressive about his game. I agree. I mean, mm-hmm. if you watch him, there's some clips that uh, Harrington posts um, where Dez is scoring against Jalen Duran, former Memphis Tigers, shout out Tigers. Yes, um, yes. Uh, playing the Pistons. And I mean, Bain just just takes him to school, right? In terms of mm-hmm. I'm going to get to the rim as the smaller guy who's just frankly stronger and more skilled than you. Um, mm-hmm. So I, we'd have to look yeah. up the Anthony Davis thing, but I but I don't want to forget, Mark, Desmond Bain has added the mid-range jumper to his game. Totally. And you'll, know, you'll notice the Grizzlies are running plays for him to get to the elbow, right? To get mm-hmm. to that space, the, the 12 to 13 foot jumper, um, oftentimes, particularly I'm looking at his shot chart from that Detroit game, um, on the right elbow where Marcus all used to operate a lot and used to hit a lot of jump shots. They'll run screens yeah. for Desmond Bain to just pop off a screen and hit a mid range jump shot. And he's nailing them. Yep. Yeah. So, so Marv, he's now become this three level, this three level scorer, right? Mm-hmm. Came into the league, great spot up shooter. The comparisons to clay Thompson, right. Have been, have been numerous, but mm-hmm. one of the things, and I think it was, um, Xavier Tillman, who talked about this, you know, um, Clay comes into the league, right? He's been a he's been a spot up three point shooter, and that's pretty much all he's been his whole career. Desmond Bain now is scoring at the rim, he's scoring in the mid range, and of course, he's scoring at a high rate from the three point line. Yeah. So, my goodness, that makes triple me threat about the Grizzlies going forward. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, we just got to get twelve back. You know, <laughs> it's uh. It really is in a lot of ways that simple. There's more to it. Uh, but but all but but the turnaround starts with uh with with 12 being back with us. For sure. I think you know, so. We're I mean I, I mean, I think so. I, I, I can't I don't know. I think talking, you know, we're we're sort of in the positive part of the show, and I think it's good to talk about the things that have mm-hmm. gone well. But just to sort of kind of you know inch towards that territory. Now before we go there, let's talk yeah. about this other thing that's going yeah. great. Vince Williams. Oh yeah. Vince Williams coming into the coming into the year, we knew there was going to be a battle for that that wing, that starting wing spot. And I don't know that Vince has battled his way up to the starting role. I do think that's probably David Roddy's mm-hmm. uh David Roddy's spot starting next yeah. Tuesday. I mean, whenever we get all our guys back. I mean, whenever Marcus Smart mm-hmm. is back, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But Marv, Vince Williams. I mean, we talked about him a little bit last week, but he continues his excellent play this week. And yeah. I don't know if you saw the um, uh, the quote from Luka Doncic about. I Vince did, Williams. yeah, yeah. And I watched that game. I watched that game too, and I I so enjoyed watching them. Uh, <laughs> and Luka <clears throat> liked it too. You know, I, I think that there can be a a heated, trash talky, just shy of the line of <laughs> going over. And maybe even tiptoeing over that line a couple of times, a couple of texts. I mean, that can make for interesting basketball and just spirited competition. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, Luca was um <laughs> Luca was being harassed and he ended up shooting two for seven um during the time when um Vince Vince Williams was, Is that was right? guarding him. Yeah, that's that was those were the those are the ultimate statistics. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean it's just great. Um, I think it's just great to see. I think it's just great to see that. <laughs> and yeah. you, you, you know, that he's going to continue to be a defensive menace and you just hope that he's able to, um, 
continue to put the ball through the hoop. I mean, he profiles as a as a positive, meaning a plus thirty five percent from three three point shooter, um, and I think that's real. So, um, so I'm hopeful, right, that that Vince Williams will continue to be continue mm-hmm. to be the guy. We talked a little bit about the roster crunch. I think the Grizzlies will will have to pull him onto the main roster before it's all said and done. Um, but I think they will do that. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my prediction is that they're going to make a trade. They're going to send some of these young wings out. Um, I think that some of them are going to end up, um, some of them are going to end up getting shipped out in a trade. And yep. it, it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Zaire Williams is, is the centerpiece of a trade package. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in part because, um, of how well his contract size. And I think that he's still a tantalizing player. Um, yeah, for many, for that many hasn't teams. delivered in our system for whatever reason. He just hasn't. Um, he's still extremely young. Zaire Williams is, and so mm-hmm. look, I mean, there's a there's a possibility that that just gets better for him, right? And another mm-hmm. uh, change of scenery really does him well. But Marv, he's um, he's just not he's just not bringing enough. And I certainly don't think you want to displace a player like um, Vince Williams to mm-hmm. you know to make. To make space for Zaire. Now, the thing is, Zaire Williams, 22 years, 92 days. So he is extremely uh, young as a player. Vince Williams, um, an older player, but not by much, age 23, 105 days. So, uh-huh. you know, he can he can really continue to grow as well. Um, 23, 24 statistic. What did I say? He's a 35% plus three point shooter. Sure enough, he's shooting 36% from three this year, 44% from the field, 88% from the free throw line. All that bodes extremely well. Um, rebounds well for his position. He's averaging three and a half rebounds, played four, mm-hmm. ga- 14 games, five points per game. Um, he was the only player in the Dallas game to join, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And, um, Desmond Bain in double digits. And granted, that mm-hmm. was a you know last minute heave three, um, as the clock was expiring. But still, I think that that's another positive thing, right? In the midst mm-hmm. of this, this grisly stretch, if you will, it is totally a grisly stretch. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yes. shout out Desmond Bain, shout out uh, Vince Williams Jr. and uh, Marvin, Jaron Jackson Jr. scored forty one points <laughs> against the Mavericks. Yeah, in that game. Um, he still only had four total rebounds, which is kind of wild. Um, that is wild. You know, three personal fouls. He was only minus two in the game. Um, Desmond Bain and Roddy, interestingly, plus one in that game. What are you seeing from Jaron? Um, you know, that, that is it making you feel good. He took him 29 shots to get the 41 points, but still that's epic AF, uh, 15, yeah. 29 from the field. What are you seeing from Jaron? I just think I, I, a continued, uh, understanding that he can take the ball to the racket will almost, and yeah, you're going to have those, those occasional things where he gets blocked at the rim, you know, and it's just like, you know, you might look at that and say like, well, you know, you kind of went up against two, two players. You maybe, maybe should have kicked that out. Like I'd like to see him like, add that additional kind of like if then statement to him to to his game oh, yeah. but if, if all he's doing is getting good at understanding he can take it to the rack and more often than not put the ball in the hole that's great yeah. uh uh i still <clears throat> i was thinking about jaron earlier and if you if, if we could somehow take dez's iron will and just like yeah. focus on excellence 
and and have that be Jaron's mindset, I think you'd unlock a, a Hall of Famer. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, just just a, from a mentality standpoint, I, we've talked about this a couple of times. He can still get yeah, down yeah. in his down in his feelings for sure, uh, and be oh man, and like kicking the ground and all oh, woe is me and stuff. And sure. I'm not saying there's a place to like fuss about calls. Heck, Des fusses about a bad call, absolutely. But I just think that there's still, I think. Yeah, no, so Jaron's doing all sorts of good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredibly exciting. Right. But uh I I really think he's still learning his strengths uh physically. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I think all the more it's like it gonna kind of come part and parcel, right? Yeah. Is 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 the attitude of 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 winning, the attitude of staying positive, the attitude of taking the energy that you would that you might waste yeah. on being sullen, um, unless it's really something egregious, and then just Next play, get focused, for sure. get locked in. For sure, for sure. I mean, I like what you're saying about, you know, Jaron being able to maybe take a page out of the Desmond Bain mentality playbook um, mm-hmm. and just be focused, determined, um, spiteful <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, but I also really agree with what you said at the outset of that, which is Jaron is getting to the rim at will. I think that's the right word. There mm-hmm. are very few guys who can guard Jaron in the paint. And the thing that I've loved the most watching Jaron, Marv, he's not fouling when he uses his length and his size in front of the mm. rim. He's gotten a lot better. That's at, true. Yeah. Facing up in the lane, whatever, a foot and a half from the rim and just rising up over guys and going straight up, going vertical. And and mm. and I think that that is in part um, an improvement in his balance. I think he's got a lot more balance and equilibrium with his body. Mm. I think he's just mm-hmm. grown into his his limbs and frankly, his whole frame in a way that shows maturity as a player um, that he just didn't have in past years. And so I love seeing that from Jaron because, uh, and now I want to sort of transition a little bit to talking about where the Grizzlies go from here. Um, Because John Morant will be joining the Grizzlies again, and it will be on that game next Tuesday in New Orleans. Um, Marv, I fully expect them to win that game. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't see them, um, losing to the Pelicans who have sort of struggled and, and really got um, embarrassed in the NBA cup semifinals against the Lakers. Mm, um, yeah. And uh, you know, Zion Williamson continues to struggle as a player in the league um, just has not been able to find his potential. And so just as I predicted, the Grizzlies would win against Detroit. I predict that they're going to win in John Morant's first game back. I don't know if John Morant will have a big game, um, but, but I do know that the Grizzlies this is another thing I wanted to be sure to mention. The Grizzlies are starting, I think, to prepare for what it's going to be like when John Morant gets back. And this is something that I don't know if you noticed this or or what you think about this. I think part of the reason that the Grizzlies got Derrick Rose in the offseason was not because they believed that Derrick Rose was going to be a dynamic guard who could win games for them. I think that they acquired him because in these first 25 games... I mean, he could be a good leader uh, throughout the season. But in these first 25 games, Mark, do you know who Derrick Rose plays basketball stylistically very like? Well, kind of like John Moran. Exactly. Yeah. I think that the Grizzlies are running their offense in a in the same way with Derrick Rose that they're going to expect to run the offense when John Moran is back. The difference mm-hmm. is, you know, whereas Derrick Rose had seven points in that game uh, against the Mavericks, you expect Ja to get 27 points, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but but stylistically, right, setting high screens, making tough passes on drives mm-hmm. and kicks, um, acrobatic finishes, 
I mean, Derrick Rose is kind of playing like John Morant. And so there's been yeah. some talk about, oh, well, you know, what's going to happen when the Grizzlies have to incorporate Ja back into the back into the lineup, right? And it's like, well, <laughs> I think Chris Arrington made the point. It can't get any worse. So it's not like they're going to screw anything up. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. I just feel like that it's going to be a pretty seamless transition. So and similarly, you know, you're going to have Derek coming in in relief and there's going to be no drop off. There's going to be there's going to be a stylistic uh uh similarity exactly uh, but then but then and and Derek especially used less still has some explosiveness less and he's got some wily knowledge that that vets have so absolutely uh, I think he can be honestly uh really great in support of jaw once jaw's back yeah so I think that the way the Grizzlies are playing won't change um very much mm-hmm. once Agreed. um you know once jaw comes back let's talk for a minute about what do you think? I want to talk about the offense. I'm I'm really, I'm very unconcerned about the defense. Number one, because I think the Grizzlies are up to, I'll pull up the stat here as we talk, but um, I think the Grizzlies are up to like number 11 um, on uh, overall defense in the league. So, mm-hmm. so just put the defense to the side for right now. Marcus Smart will be coming back. Jaron Jackson Jr. is on the floor. If you look at the advanced stats, whenever Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart share the floor, the Grizzlies are in like the 90th percentile uh, for defense. So mm-hmm. I think the mm-hmm. defense will be okay. Um, and again, the Grizzlies have been uh, a pretty decent um, defensive team like up to this point. So, mm-hmm. so let's talk instead about the offense. What, Marv, what do you think? So yeah, the Grizzlies are 11th right now in defensive rating. What do you think is going to happen when John Morant comes back? I just want to dive into the way the Grizzlies are playing. And that's why I wanted to start with Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Vince Williams, some of the things that are kind of going well for the Grizzlies right now. What are you going to be looking for? What do you expect? What do you think is going to work well, given what we're seeing now, once we incorporate Ja back into this mix? Well, I think uh, Bismack Biombo has shown that he's a good uh, screener. Uh, so I think Ja will have uh, it's not it's not going to be as as good as as, as Steve-O, but uh, I think he'll have uh, that mechanism to exploit again. Uh, I'll be interested to see. Um, I'll be interested to see how Desmond Bain's uh, uh, game adjusts now that he won't have to probably be running as hard and you know, using all of that aerobic capacity. Uh, you know, how will Ja start to set? Des up um right such that it you know settled down des that's like that's got that's got you know an enviable setup man maybe the one of the most enviable setup men yeah. uh setting him up um oh, i'm ext- i'm really excited as to where that might go yeah and then and here's an overall kind of thing i think overall it will be a huge morale boost to all. I feel like there'll be an extra level of energy and juice in the team uh just because they're they'll be excited to have their teammate back with them. Yeah. Uh and if anything if 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 we start with the assumption that a lot of this is mental uh and I think I think the Marcus Smart reading in the riot act and then the the nominal improvement, you know, we won some games, right? Yeah. Uh I think shows that there is some degree of this that was just mental. Yeah. Uh, and that maybe being really down and mopey and oh gosh, we can never win. Uh, right. and, and that adjustment, the pure mental adjustment, I think there's another uh, s- double step up in adjustment because now they're going to say, 
the, any lingering doubt about like, oh, the thing that's holding us back is a lack of jaw. Well, yeah. once jaw steps back on the court, not only from an X's and O standpoint and the actual plays and the physicality, right. Right. but just the expectation, you know, the players will be like, we have worked hard and now, you know, the new season begins or right. we've got a hill to climb. We've got right. a goal to go chase. Right. And we've got our guy back. I, I think sure. that's, I think that's going to be a mental and emotional lift. For sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, I'll just start with where you started, which is Bismack Biombo setting screens. It has been amazing to me to watch Bismack Biombo set screens for Desmond Bain and get him wide open looks that hit nothing but net. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has been a thing of beauty. And so, again, yeah. in a in a grisly stretch for this Grizzlies team, that's been a really refreshing thing to see is Bismack mm-hmm. Biombo getting Desmond Bain open. Because if mm-hmm. Desmond Bain gets open, he's going to hit the shot. So yeah. I agree. With, I agree with you on that point. Um, I, you didn't necessarily touch on Jaron Jackson Jr. very much, but actually this is the thing I'm going to be watching the most. And, and here's why. The Grizzlies have a three-level scorer in Desmond Bain now. They've got an elite all-NBA scorer in Ja Morant. Ja is very good, obviously, again, into the rim, elite. Des can score, again, from all three levels. But I want to see what Jaron starts to do with his game once jaw is back and driving towards the rim, because I think where Jaron has had, again, some success recently is facing up right in front of the rim. He's just been mm-hmm. rising up. Mm-hmm. And as you say, guys can't block him. Well, how does the Grizzlies, how does the Grizzlies offense change, right? If you've got John Morant trying to get into the paint and you've got Jaron Jackson Jr. down in the paint. Yeah. I actually don't think that's going to be a problem. I'm not mm-hmm. citing it for that reason. I actually think quite the contrary. I think it's actually going to be going to be helpful. I can see some really excellent jaw getting right into the paint and dumping it off to uh, and, ju- and dumping it off to Jaron Jackson Jr. Right? For yeah, the dunk. yeah. Roll to the rim. Exactly right. And there's Jaron in the dunker spot. Boom. He's gonna he's gonna knock it down. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to keep an eye on that because I mean, Jaron, it, it is very hard, Marv, to score 41 points in the league. <laughs> And the thing about Jaron is he's been doing this, Marv. He's been he's been scoring in double uh, in double digits and twenty plus for like you know the last four or five games. He's just been really mm-hmm. good. He had a thirty seven mm-hmm. point game right recently, um, mm-hmm. but twenty plus game I think a game before last. So you don't want that to drop off. I, I don't want Jaron's offensive aggressiveness to taper off once Jaw comes point. back yeah. because we don't have enough other weapons right. At this point, I think to be as effective as we'd want to be. Now, how many shots? You know, Jaron, I said, what did he take? 21? No, that's that's Doncic. Uh, Jaron took 29 shots the other day. That's that's a little much. Desmond Bain took 20, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But yep. you know, if Ja comes back, you gotta assume he's gonna take 20 shots. Um, Desmond Bain's gonna take 20 shots. Jaron should get 15 to 17 shots per night. I, I would mm-hmm. I want to keep an eye on the field goal attempts from Jaron Jackson Jr. Because I want to see sustained aggressiveness from him. I think that our team's success on the offensive end will depend on Jaron continuing to stay dialed in on the offense. So mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. a big thing I'll be watching, Marv, in the next few weeks. Yeah, no, that's a good thing to watch. Um, it's going to be exciting to try to reckon it all up and see, <laughs> Man. see how the true Grizzlies come back online. Hopefully oh, yeah. better for their time marching through the desert. 
for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think they will be better for it, right? Um, as we mentioned before, um, John Morant will be back on Tuesday of next week. So the next time you hear from us, we'll be able to talk about a John Morant game. So Won't that on, be nice? Uh, on next Wednesday, right? And again, I predict it will be a victory in New Orleans against our Southern foes, the New Orleans Pelicans. It won't be long after that, Marv, that we get Luke Kennard back in the mix, Marcus Smart back in the mix. So as we talked about last time, we're going to have a very Grizzlies Christmas. Um, yeah. I anticipate that the Grizzlies will have a very good, strong close to the month of December. Um, just a couple of things that we need to touch on before we get out of here. Um, our friend of the pod, uh, Matt Herdlicka, basically has called Marv the Houston back-to-back must-wins. Um, he does a little math here for us. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he's like, look, Memphis is really going to probably be competing with Houston for the final play-in spot. The Houston Rockets are going to probably come back to earth. Um, and he says here, if the Grizzlies get at least one game against the Rockets, they they would maintain the same five-win gap they have now. That's the Rockets. The Rockets go 29 and 31 the rest of the way. The Grizzlies would have to go 35 and 23 to best them. A still lofty 49.5 win pace the rest of the way. Um, the, the Warriors he's talking about, right? Again, the Warriors are not too far ahead of the Grizzlies. Uh, I think they're four games, four wins ahead of the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So we might be racing with the Warriors towards the end, but Marv, it would behoove the Grizzlies to see if they can get both of these games, uh, against Houston. Um, obviously that's going to be a tall order, um, December 13th at Houston. Um, and then December 15th, we'll play Houston at home. But mm-hmm. hey, who mm-hmm. knows? Maybe we can get a little bit more juice just to go against our former buddy, uh, Dylan Brooks, yeah. to try to notch these wins, Mar. because I do think these Houston games, even though John Morant will not be back, I think they are critical for us. Agreed. Yeah, no. Uh, we need to win them. I I, I had, uh, you know, you want to win against Dylan, uh, it, it, and it'll be great to have that kind of like, <laughs> right. that axe to grind with him. For sure. Uh, but but especially with the way the things are going to pan out, that makes total sense. Yeah. I want to check the line on those games. Uh, we should at least be able to get a line for that first Houston game. So before we jump off of here, let's see what uh, Vegas is telling us. And again, this is going right. to be the Grizzlies will be playing at Houston in that first game. Um, and the Rockets are favored. Um, and that is uh, tonight. Um, mm. by seven and a half points. <laughs> so Vegas believes strongly that the Rockets are going to throw down on the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think it's going to be tough. I think the Grizzlies will have to play at their best as the diminished team that they are um, yeah. in order to get that game. We don't have a line for the Grizzlies and Rockets um, on the Friday night game. So we'll just have to wait and see how it goes tonight, Mark. But, we need somebody to step up. Yeah. You know who you I know, think we need we... to have step up is Sonny Aldama. Santi, we yeah. listen. It is the season. We need Santi Claus to deliver for us tonight, Marv. Well, Santi Claus, it's time. It's time. It's we've been we're on the good list, right? Yes, we've been like we've good. Been good boys and everybody's girls. been good. We've been uh, Marv, good, Santi Claus. Yeah, exactly. I was done. just thinking some of us maybe haven't been as good as others. Uh, no, you got to jump out of here. But any quick thoughts on the John Morant hearing that you're that you're witnessing the blow by blow on the Daily Memphian? It 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 just seems really ridiculous. I mean, it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous on many levels. You know, one of the issues Memphis is facing here is this uh, case backlog. You know, there, there's a crime problem and there's an uptick in crime in, in in Memphis. And one of the things that's being pointed to is like, oh, we can't get these these trials through in a timely uh, in a timely way. And it's like, I know it's probably not the same thing necessarily, but it's like. We're eating up bandwidth, you know, judge and, and jury bandwidth 
on trial bandwidth. Actually, I don't know whether it's a jury trial, but my point, my point is we're we're eating up legal like yeah. judge time with uh, a basketball shoving match. Like you know, like I'm not. I'm sorry that anybody got hurt, but like, I, I, have you ever been in a shoving match on a playground of, of some sort? I <laughs> yeah. have to. Yeah. You know, like it's not fun. I've I've been pelted yeah. with dirt clods. Yeah, I've been I've had the ball basketball thrown in my face. You know, it's like I yeah. don't like it. But are really having a trial over this thing? Yeah. If this person, I mean, Calkins put it well. I mean, the only reason we're having this trial is because John Moran is incredibly rich. Right. Well, exactly. That's and they're right. going and fishing for dollars. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, for sure, man. Well, yeah, I, f- I feel similarly, right? They've spent like two or three days of court time talking about what a chest pass is and demoing the passes and all this stuff. It's, it's just cartoonishly it's just ridiculous. And as yeah. Calkins pointed out, right, the real show is going to be on next Tuesday when John Morant takes the basketball court. That's what we need to be focused on. That's right. That is right. Yeah. So I, I've been giving it passing attention, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, saving my bandwidth because it seems like a, not a good use for it. <laughs> for sure. Well, Marv, I think I will try to uh, stay up late here on the East Coast. Uh, game comes on at 8 p.m. my time, which puts me in bed at 10.30 or 11, which with a guy for a three-month-old baby, right, can be quite the stretch. But I'm going to try to stay up tonight and watch these Grizzlies in real time. Sure. Um, if my wife allows me, of course. So <laughs> we will uh, we will talk about it here on Memphis Hardwood next yeah. week. Uh, Marv, go Grizzlies. Go Grizzlies. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Thank you for joining us, Marv. Uh, Always glad to do this. Appreciate everybody who tunes into the show. Thanks for your listenership. Continue to support these Grizzly Bears in the good city of Memphis. Take care, and we'll see you next time on Memphis Park.